Welcome to Click, a podcast about people, property and places. I'm your host, Josh Kindred. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be sharing uh, today's podcast with Dan Neby. Um, he's, a, he's a rock star in his own right. Uh, we're going to learn a stack about him um, together today. But our main uh, focus is people, property and places. Um, we're going to get to share some really, really cool stuff with um, Dan Neby today, who is one of the organisers um, and leaders of Rocking for the Homeless. Um, and he's an absolute star in the Moreton Bay region and, and I believe across Australia. So welcome. Thanks so much for being here, Dan. Thanks for having me, Josh. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, Dan, um, we'll kick off. T- tell us, I suppose, who are you? Well, you've just told everybody who I am. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm the director of Rocking for the Homeless. Yep. I, I also have a band here in Redcliffe called Team Utopia. Okay. Um, I've been involved in the music industry since I was 16 uh, in various capacities from uh, sound engineer to tour manager to um, songwriter to video director to producer so I've, I've worn a lot of caps in the in the in the industry um i moved to redcliffe in uh 2011 okay and um basically saw what wasn't happening in the music industry here as far as venues and and support and the live the live original scene is what i'm very passionate about is people's art um, so writing music and creating art whether it be painting dance acting or or, or playing um so yeah, I've sort of uh, moved up the ladder a few in a few things. With um, I volunteered for the Breakfast Club in two thousand and thirteen, um, and basically wanted to fundraise for those guys in a music capacity. Right. So uh, I've sort of grown. We've grown the event. Breakfast Club has grown as well, and um, and that's who I am today <laughs> awesome so t- tell us about the breakfast club because i hear they do wonderful things but just just give us a little bit of a, a rundown on who's the breakfast club and what do they do yeah so they're a hundred percent group of volunteers that um, provide services to not only the homeless but to people in um in in low incomes that have got families or, or whatever and they're struggling to to meet ends so they provide five meals a week at the uh, cwa hall Okay. Uh, they also provide outreach services to the community. Um, they drive around uh, at night. They find people sleeping in their cars. They give them warm food, warm clothes, coffee, um, access to services, whether it be domestic violence or whatever. Because there's a, you'd be quite surprised as to what homelessness is here in Redcliffe. There's, you don't have to be pushing a sholly, shopping trolley around or sleeping under the jetty, which some people do. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of situations where there may be a domestic violence situation where the, 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 the female leaves with the children in the car. So they'll end up sleeping in the car. Uh, Breakfast Club are one of those people that go and rescue them um, as far as they will put them in a hotel uh, for two or three days while they contact their kin and all that sort of thing. Um, they provide services. The Rocking for the Homeless has opened the hub on Oxley Ave, which has been running for two years now. So you can go there, you can get internet services, you can charge your phone, you can wash your clothes, you can have a shower, um, you can just talk to people or walk away with a food package. Um, They're very, very, very prevalent in helping many people. Fantastic. So um, I I suppose a big thing that, a big takeaway there is that, you know, homelessness uh, is not just something that's 
um, you know, the the guy that we stereotypically think of. It's it can be anybody, and and it's it's prevalent across our entire region and, and obviously Australia. But it's it's something we often don't think about. Do you know some of the numbers? Some of the you know the amount of people through our region that are experience homelessness um, and that I suppose are are welcomed in um, to a place like the Breakfast Club? Yeah, so it's not just the Breakfast Club. There are other services that are available here on the peninsula and the region. Um, so what they do is, I guess the numbers, there's about 120,000 people homeless last night in Australia. Wow. So that's a lot of people. Wow. Um, and again, as I say, um, homelessness can be many things. You can be couch surfing, you can be sleeping in your car. Um, so... In the region here, uh, look, I, I, I wouldn't want to give you the figures, Josh, because I'm not sure exactly what those figures are. My role with the Breakfast Club is, is to put a concert on once a year to right. raise a su- substantial amount of money to fund the, the, the operations of that. Breakfast Club, aren't, they're, they're not, they're not uh, funded by any tier of the government. Okay. Um, Such important work. And so I suppose that's when, when a star like you and, and other people like you in the community come along and um, put together a, 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 such an event like Rocking for the Homeless. It's just so invaluable and important for our region. Well, it is. And not only that, but it um, creates an awareness for the Breakfast Club. So right. um, it's very, very important that you have these events do create an awareness. Would you say that money is more important than awareness or, or they're, they're equally important or, or is awareness more important? You know, for a guy like me and, you know, so many people that we engage with day to day, we just, it's often not thought about. Yeah, so I guess um, a, a perfect example of the Breakfast Club is when we came and approached those guys 60 years ago and said we want to do something to support you, they were paying for bacon and eggs out of their own money. Wow. Um, you know, now, after six years creating an awareness, um, they've got kindergartens, primary schools, high schools that collect donations for them to support wow. them. So they're teaching kindergarten kids now about the importance of helping the underdog. Mm. Now, um, I think that's very, very good and very important for any organisation to create an awareness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the kids aren't going to hand over $50,000 and say, well, here's, here, you guys run the hub for a year. But they do provide food, they do provide toiletries and they do all those things. So I, I just think the awareness side of, of what's happened with the Breakfast Club is amazing in Redcliffe. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I suppose that um, awareness also enables <coughs> those relationships and some of those those dignity items like just being able to charge your phone or jump on the internet or, you know, call family and friends, um, get your life back on track, I suppose, for some of those people that are, you know, displaced at that time. Exactly. And, you know, from a personal side of things, I mean, I've been homeless myself um, going back quite some time. Um, I, I took had a wayward, wayward time in my life. Um, I was addicted to drugs mm-hmm. um, and, and that... That in itself made me homeless. Right. Um, uh, and there's a way out. There's a way out of that. And unless you're supported by people or you have people that do care or people that will help you and point you in the right direction, mm. um, and that's the important part. You know, that, that's what has to happen. And, and I guess another great example of being a drug addict and, and homeless is Tash Sultana. Okay. She was a drug addict and, yeah. and, and roamed the streets. Yeah. Um, 
there's some great pieces on the internet about how she got her life and turned her life around. Right. So if someone like Tash Sultana or um, anybody, look, that, that's just one of, a, of, of yeah. thousands of yeah, people yeah. that have moved forward. And so it's all right to just say, oh, you know, you guys will just end up whatever, just ignore them, they'll walk past, they're just mm. losers or whatever. If people have that attitude, um, then no one's going to go forward in this world. Right. We all, we're all in this together. What a beautiful thing. I, I love that saying, we're all in this together. And you've really um, brought that to life for me and, and hopefully our listeners that, you know, anybody can come from having a tough tough part in their life um, and can still come back and make it a really significant difference in our community. And um, that, that's a really important message for us to all remember. Um, do, you know, do you think that it is drugs and alcohol that's the, the biggest contributor to uh, homelessness? I, I suppose from my limited experience uh, of homelessness I, I remember i was in grade 11 um at, i was fortunate enough to go to a great school and we did a, a home feed the homeless program um every tuesday night we did a barbecue and, and really what it was about was um getting to i reflected on this this morning actually before we we jumped on because i was, I was thinking you know homelessness isn't something that comes up for me every day but um it, it was such a great lesson for me that i, I was able to it wasn't so much about feeding them you know that there are places where they can get food, but it was about having those conversations and understanding where they'd come from. And for me, at um, a young point in my life, to be able to understand that, you know, I had a, an hour-long conversation over a, a sausage and bread with a, an ex-uni professor. Um, is it just drugs and alcohol, or is is there other sorts of things that that play a big part in homelessness? Yeah. So mental health is another one, mm-hmm. um, and drugs. You know, we're all aware of the the um, epidemic that's going on in this country with ice and amphetamines and things, and it just seems to be quite crazy. Um, people make wrong choices. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are only two pay packets away from being homeless. Right. Like if you lose your job and you've got a mortgage um, and you've got money due and you've got power bills and all that sort of thing, you can be out on your bum straight away. You know, it's just it, 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 there, there's so many factors that, 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 that play a part in people becoming homeless. Um, you know, um, family breakups, you know, um, all that sort of thing. So the services that are in this country um, need to be addressed, but they are there. We do care. But, you know, uh, people like the Breakfast Club um, or N-Circle or any of these groups around here, they don't just come and give you food and say, well, look here, you've got food, here's a blanket, here's a swag, off you go. It's the forward services and the counselling, um, the Centrelink, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, we live in a society where if we didn't have those services, can you imagine it would just be anarchy? There, w- there would be people robbing your house all the time. And this is why we have our social services in in the Western world is because, um, you know, we're very fortunate here in Australia. Uh, but mental health... Drugs, um, you know, family breakups. There, there's so many different factors, and I'm not really qualified to give you those exact figures, yeah, Josh. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so, t- so Dan, tell us about. Um, you know, you've been homeless. What, what's it like? What, what are the feelings? What are the things that you go through um, being homeless? Tell us about your experience. Yeah. So uh, my particular experience was um, when I had a family breakup when my my wife and I s- separated in 1999. Okay. Um, and it was, it was pretty messy. It wasn't wasn't pretty at all. Um, 
and you know uh, my children were taken away from me with all these sort of arguments that that, that mm. couples have um, I then took a path that I chose to take that path um, which was um, you know I was addicted to um, speed for nearly five years and in that five years um, I lived in my car I, I, I couch surfed um, I guess the feeling of being homelessness homeless is um, uh, aloneness. Okay. Um, you know, being um, on your own and reflecting a lot because you you, you know you, you you sort of hold yourself accountable for those things. Um, in my particular case, I was fortunate that I had this little man inside my head that kept telling me, "You need to stop this. You need to change. You need mm. to do things." So. I remember one day in 1990, sorry, 2006, I hopped in an unregistered car with dodgy plates okay. and I drove to a place called Moorumbah, okay. which is up west yep. of Mackay in the mines. <coughs> and my whole mindset to that was that to work in the mines you needed to be clean because they test you all the time. Yeah, right. So to me that was a challenge. Mm. So I slept in my car for three weeks and I was helped by various different people to, 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 to get forward. So that's where my particular personal drive to help people comes from because I was helped and if it wasn't for decisions and the little man in my head telling me to get the fuck out of Brisbane yeah, yeah. go and get it sorted yeah um then I wouldn't be there so having that and having people to support I'm now passing that baton on and hopefully just one person will pass that baton on again and that's yeah. what it's all about and I suppose that um that community of support or just that one person that's there for you, you know, helps to echo that little man in your head. Exactly. Just one person is all it takes. Yeah. And um, and if you can help one person, then that's great. And hopefully that person will see the light mm. and transfer that over, which is I see quite a lot. Yeah, and it's it's something I've experienced is not necessarily about giving up on these people. You know, you've got to actually – just stay there being that one person being that person for people that are going through that hard period because you know they're not just going to instantly change with one conversation they're, they're in a really hard place yeah and one thing that i find when i um uh, share my story with people is is that um when you're down at the bottom and you really really think it's all done and you're really really just not sure where to go mm. that's the best thing because you now realize so it's only up from there. up from there Let's change. Let's change gears a little bit. Um, I understand that you know you've you've had a, a huge background in music. Um, you bring groups like UMI, um, Super Jesus to to events like Rocking for the Homeless. How is it that you you've been able to connect with those guys and um, and I suppose tell us about your experiences on the road, um, being being around music and being around rock stars. Yeah, so I work for the Hootie Gurus um, and I go on the road with those guys quite a lot. Right. Um, we did a tour called uh, You Do Gurus, which was yep. UMI and the Hootie Gurus. Yep. And it was a great tour and uh, it lasted nearly two years. Right, right. <laughs> so it was just great. So um, my, as I said, you know, I go back from being in music from the time I was 16. So all these people are my friends. So when they know that I'm doing something here in Redcliffe, yeah. And I mentioned to them, um, for instance, UMI took me 18 months to convince to come here right? Um, because they were just too busy. Um, last year we had uh, Dave and Brad from Hootie Gurus. That yep. was easy. Yeah, yeah. Because I just said in the band room one day, I need you guys here, I need this day, I need blah, blah, blah. So 
I'm lucky because the I'm these people are part of my circle. Right. Um, and you know, it's just growing from there. So um, you know, touring with those guys is is uh, makes it easy for me. Two years of touring. I mean, I I can only hazard to guess some of the stories. What's what's the wildest story? Yeah. So it's not like it used to be in the seventies and eighties, Josh, where there's um, naked women and. You know, drugs yep. everywhere. It's oh, it's a on. very it's it's a very. I was thinking of changing. Careers. Oh, you want me to go back? You want me to go back to when it was like that? Then <laughs> you go wherever you like. I'm thinking about a career change. Yeah, that's it. Um, look, you know, these days touring is very very professional. Like when you, you know, you've got guys like the Hootie Gurus who've been doing this for forty years. When they walk in to sound check or whatever. They don't want to know about something that hasn't happened or you've lost this or you've done that. So it's you have to be focused and you've got to be focused for 18 hours. So um, it's something where uh, you just – look, it's just like a great mechanic. It's just like a great lawyer. It's right. somebody you have to be focused. You have to know your stuff. Yeah. So when you hand Dave Faulkner a guitar – it needs to be in tune. So right. you need to be focused on that. When you're playing to 20,000 people and you do a guitar change or something like that, or the sound sounds shit, yep. then, you know, that's your last gig. You own. You don't get a second chance. Right. So that's on that level. You've got to be on point. You've got to be on point. And it's um, it's the same as a football team. You know, if, if yeah. the fullback keeps dropping the ball, he's going off. Right, right, right. You know. So it's uh, not as adventurous these days uh, touring as what it once was. Well, you know, again, um, I can't divulge too much information, Josh, but um, when we're off air, I'll tell you. Yeah, fantastic. Now, tell me, you've obviously done a heap of trouble with your work. What's your favourite place? Um, you, you've, you've made Redcliffe your home um, since 2011, yep. if I remember. Yep. Um, what made you stay here as a place? But also, you know, what's your, what's your favourite place in Australia? Okay. Um, my favourite place in Australia is Byron Bay. Absolutely, has to be. Um, I love the vibe down there, and and yep. this is, uh, this extends back thirty years. Um, it's changed a lot now, but not necessarily Byron the town. You still get Tom Jones down there, don't you? He's he's still rocking it out. Yeah, and you'd be surprised the people that live down at Byron Bay. Yeah, actually, yeah. a good friend of mine um, from the Tea Party. Um, he's just bought himself a hundred and fifty acres down there. And, right, uh, right, you know, wow. Just it's out in the outskirts of Byron mm. Bay that yeah, I really yeah. like, and just the energy of the place. Yeah. Um, and Coffs Harbour is another place okay. I really like. Right. Um, Carnarvon over in Western Australia is another place I really like. There's a surf okay. spot over there. Do you surf, Josh? I, I, I used to surf. I'm, uh, you know, they don't make too many short boards anymore for people over 100 kilos. But um, I did used to surf and hopefully when my young fellas are of age to be able to surf, we'll get back into it with a big mini mail or something like that. But tell us about Carnarvon. Yeah, so Carnarvon, there's a little secret spot about 100 kilometres north. It's called Red Bluff. Okay. And um, it's on a, on a homestead on a property. And we used to go up there surfing like 25 years ago and you'd, you'd go on and you'd, you'd take the owner a carton of beer and he'd let you camp down there. Right. Um, it's now turned into a tourism site so you can still surf there but it's it's sort of re- – it's one of the best waves in the world. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you, so you obviously love to surf. You love Byron Bay. What made you – there's no waves in Redcliffe, um, sadly. Um, Maybe if Morton moves a little bit, we might we might get some of the the Sunshine Coast waves. But tell us, um, what made you choose Redcliffe as a home? Okay, so I was living on the Sunshine Coast. Um, I went through a personal 
tragedy in 2010. My son was killed. He was 19 years old. Um, he fell out of a building on the Gold Coast. It was a very, very crazy time of my life. Um, and I just needed to get away. I needed to create a new, something new in my life. Um, I had friends here. I'm not sure if you know a DJ, Damon Joel. He's the drummer for Busby Maru. Okay. He's a Redcliffe boy. Right. Um, He's a good friend of mine. He said, what, what, sorry, his name again? His name is Damon Joel. Okay. They call him DJ. Right. He's, um, he works for everybody. He plays drums nonstop. He's yeah. just on tour all the time. Awesome. Um, so him and I put a band together and he was my original drummer in Team Utopia. And he said, look, just come down here. I'd, I'd spent nearly you know, 18 months of just living in... I wasn't sure what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. But um, he said, look, come and stay with me at Newport and we'll, we'll hang out. We'll write some music and we'll, we'll yeah. put this band together. So... Um, I did that and then I ended up, uh, I was concreting at the time because I just didn't, I didn't want to tour, I just wanted to settle down, I was just yeah. over the whole thing. Yeah, um, I, get, I get that. So You'd be surprised, the amount of times over my career I've said, I just want to go and dig a hole, like I just want to do something where I can get my hands dirty and just let you know something else go and so i completely relate to that i think probably everyone's gone through that type of experience yeah so i i um i was offered a job as a concrete supervisor here in the main street when they did the whole refurb okay so that was in um 11 12 right and uh i just sort of fell in love with the place i mean when your workplace is the main street of redcliffe for a year you just look out over at the island of course just beautiful and um and i met some great people so some great people in redcliffe um you know just and I just fell in love with the place. So I just haven't left and I don't intend to. Cool. Yeah, so it's, it's about the people. Um, and, and I think that's often the case for a lot of people when they find a place that they love. It's, it's often about the people. Let's, um, what, what's your property journey been like? Because, and, and without going back to you know, homelessness, but um, the theme of this podcast every now and then, we, we ask about property and everybody has a different type of property journey. Um, what's your property journey been like? Yeah, very minimal. Okay. Yeah, very minimal. Um, my partner and I, we're looking at uh, somewhere up near Mullaney at the moment. Beautiful. Um, we're looking at possibly buying a house shortly and renovating it here in Redcliffe. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just sort of thinking about that sort of side of things. Um, I'm really fascinated in the renovation side of things here in Redcliffe because there's a lot of old beach houses, as you would know. And then people buy them and then they just turn them into these amazing places. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I drive around and I, I look at it and I, I, I tell Michelle, my partner, I say, look at that, babe, that's just amazing. Look what they've done. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm really, really fascinated with what people are doing with houses here in Redcliffe. I, I think they're turning these 1970 beach shacks into these amazing places. Yeah. Um, personally, I, I like the bush, a um, bit of hippie. Yep. A uh, little bit of space. Bit of space, air. yeah. Like cows run around naked. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Just want to wear gum boots with no clothes on. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> milk a cow every morning and yep. yell at the dog. My, and, my kids know. do that um, and we're not on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> How many kids have you got? We've got we've got three kids at home and um, I actually had to explain to them yesterday, you, you, kids, you can't run around in the node. Like it's... It's not like that, but we do get out to the farm every now and then, and they do go a little bit wild. So it's, um, uh, you know, property is one of those things that, um, you know, having space is something that I think we all dream of. But no doubt, um, the great Australian dream is to, to have that almost that Queenslander style home. I think we've all got that little bit of bug in us where we want to do a renovation, get our hands dirty, and just make something beautiful again. Yeah, yeah. I'm into that natural look, and I like, um, 
one of my passions is uh, landscaping and um, uh, I had a little hobby for quite a few years of building waterfalls for people okay. um, and turning their, their pools into just a natural sort of an area. Yeah, um, right. So I, I love that sort of thing and, and, and the, the barley huts and just somewhere where you can just open your back door, just go outside and, and you may as well be in Bali. Yeah, beautiful. But you're actually in Clontarf. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was in Papua New Guinea earlier this year and um, I, ju- I just finished the Kokoda track. We were fortunate enough to stay in this little homestead in Kokoda, which there's nothing there. Like they've got no power, no TVs, nothing. But we've walked into this shower and it's actually a – you sort of pull the curtain – behind you as the sort of local villagers giggle at you big white man walking into a shower with just a chamois wrapped around you and you you walk in and there's this creek running through and the shower is actually a running creek so it was dug out and it was just an incredible experience to think that the like the five star shower experience was in this little village in Kokoda, um, but it's you know it's that natural experience, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I love it. And you know you, you can do so much with um, just be creative and just be you know keep it all natural. Yeah. Um, I, I go to some of these places. I was out at Newport the other day having a look at some display homes with with Michelle, my partner. Yeah. And. Um, you know, to me, they've got this little waterfall. It's just a, like a Besser block thing. It's yeah, straight yeah. and it's got a little bit of water falling out. I mean, I find that boring. A little bit gimmicky. It's like, really, <laughs> you know, did you get that for Could money? you put a bit of effort in, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, how about we put a couple of pebbles on there or something? Yeah, yeah, the same, the same off-the-shelf uh, water fountain that's at Bunnings for everybody to get and put a bit of effort into it. I, I love that. Now, take me back to uh, Rockford for the Homeless. Um, uh, it happens in Redcliffe. Does it happen anywhere else? Yeah, so this um, it's actually grown. We're down the Gold Coast this year as well. Um, so before we do the Redcliffe show, we're uh, at Southport RSL on the Friday the 30th. Okay. So the whole roadshow does that, and then we just move 150 people back here to Redcliffe to do that. Awesome. Wow. So, um, we've also doing a show Huge. in Adelaide um, in December. And okay. we're doing Central Coast New South Wales at Gosford in uh, late November as well. And it's all about raising awareness. Um, you know, we, we don't need to turn a blind eye to homelessness, but we can rock out with some superstars and some fantastic mu- music. Um, your passion is art. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Dan. Um, thank you. I, I, I really love the, the message that you've been able to share today and um, really do, you know, if you are at the bottom to, or if somebody's at the bottom that we can... You know, just be a person for them and, and reach out to them, ask them if they're okay. Um, just before we go, I suppose what's been the what's been one of the the triggers for you to, to get back on track from having down times um, and also being really successful to now creating such a successful event like Rocking for the Homeless? Yeah, so uh, I guess the, the catalyst to that is um, being at the bottom and wanting to get back up. And that's a natural instinct that all humans have. Yeah. Um, so, and as I said before, when when somebody that you know or, or hear of or see is at rock bottom, you need to tell them that's a good thing because you can't go any further. It's now you realise where you are, what you've created, and it's time to get out. So um, with an event like Rocking for the Homeless, not only is it a celebration of live music, live Australian original music, yeah. it's a celebration of a community getting together and supporting the underdog. And that's what's really important. I guess that's the message that I like to push forward. And you know what? It's an it's a drug. It's an adrenaline drug when yeah. you help somebody and they don't even know you've done it. Yeah, wonderful. That is the best buzz in the world. 
Danny Neeb, thank you, Neeb, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, have a look out for Rocking for the Homeless. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's Click Podcast. You can visit us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you very much. You've been an absolute star. Danny Neeby, thank you. Thanks,